Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests today. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Uh, it's a very um, common scripture to be, to be prayed and to be preached and to encourage each other with. And it's a, a very powerful scripture that I want to use today at the start of this, of this message. Today I want to be speaking to us about but God. That, you know what, in spite of what's going on around, God is going to show himself strong. It says this in Ephesians 3 verse 20, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. God wants to do far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. God, I believe, wants to amaze us. He wants to amaze you. He wants to absolutely knock your socks off and surprise you with how great he is and what he wants to do in your life. I believe God is a good God. God is a great God. And perhaps this is your first time online today. Perhaps you think, well, I've never heard anybody preach like this before. or I've never heard anybody really talk about God being personal and how good God is. Well, as we've just read from this verse, God wants to do far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine according to the power that is at work on the inside of us. I believe God wants us to live life above average, normal, boring existence. He wants us to live in the place where we um, are encouraged, that we're strengthened and and that we see God do the most amazing things. There's some parts in the Old Testament where God completely surprised people. They weren't really expecting something and God did it anyway. I mean, God is a God of surprise. God is a God of greatness. Uh, God wants to show himself strong on our behalf. I believe God wants us to walk through life with faith and then bam, God turns up. It's as if out of the blue, God just does something so powerful and so strong. We say only God could have done that. I can think back over my own life and think, you know what? I was just doing just the everyday stuff and then God showed up. And then God showed up. It could be something in, you know, to do with financially or perhaps something in the family or, you know, just something on holiday and something just really happens for good. You know, being in the right place at the right time. God wants to show off in our lives. It doesn't all have to be big supernatural fireworks, but you know what? Just on a daily basis, God wants to open doors of favour, which no one can shut. You're just in the right place at the right time, just happen to be speaking to the right person, or you just feel that little hunch on the inside that says, why don't you go and do this and you go and do that, and God opens up an opportunity that was not there before. You know what? God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. There's a couple of things that really affect God's ability to do that. It says according to the power that is at work on the inside of us and that has to do with our relationship with God and at this time when we're all in the lockdown and we're all in our own houses and you know socially distancing and all that sort of stuff it's important that we keep our relationship with God on fire. That it's, it's alive, that it's passionate, that we're in the Bible, that we're in prayer, that we're you know we're sticking on the praise 
CDs and the praise down the praise downloads and that we you know celebrate all sorts of Citygate praise out there now. Not songs we've done ourselves, but songs that have been recorded by us of other people. Just some great stuff. Why don't you put some of that on and just have a time of celebrating the goodness of God? That'll stir up the power that is on the inside of each of us. But you know what? There's a couple of things which are really really important. The first one is our um, our thoughts how we think, how we see life, our core beliefs, things that we think. The Bible says, as a, as a man thinks in his heart, so he's going to be. You know what? God wants to affect the way we think. Of course, he's going to do abundantly, far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine, but how we think is vitally important. And the other thing is what we expect to happen. Expectation is at the very center of the life of faith. The Bible says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. I can paraphrase it or put it a different way like this. Faith is the substance of our expectation. Now that expectation has got to come from God, has got to come from God's word, not just anything we just want to expect and anything we just want to imagine. But as we spend time in God's word, our expectation for God's declared will to come to pass will increase and then God's able to do far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. Why? Because the power of God of our expectation and our thought life is getting stronger on the inside. Today, it's the first of a couple of weeks that I want to go through 10, 11 things of what we can expect in God. And I've called it, but God. And it's because every scripture has got a but God in there. The first scripture I want us to turn to is Genesis chapter 50, verses 20 to 21. He says, however, as for you, you meant evil against me. But God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save the lives of many people. Our first point today is this, God has a greater purpose. Here is Joseph, earlier in the year, or perhaps I think it was uh, uh, 2019, we did a whole series on the life of Joseph about how he went from you know, being in a pit, he was sold as a slave, and then he was uh, you know, sold as a prisoner. He, you know, he, um, he was put into servitude, then he was put into prison because he was falsely accused. And you know, just so many things went wrong for him. But you know what? There was a bigger picture. There was a greater purpose. And so many people in his situation could have complained about everything, could have said, yeah, but I'm innocent, and yeah, this was done to me, and this is not fair and this shouldn't happen. But all the way through, the Bible says that Joseph just had a greater perspective. He had a bigger understanding about God's greater purpose for his life. I actually think it goes back to when he was a teenager and he, he, um, he just caught a glimpse of what God had planned for him. I don't know if he had anything else than the seven sheaths and the seven wheat and the, you know, and all that sort of stuff. I don't know if he had other things that God had spoken to him, but I believe there was a seed in his heart. And he said, you know what? No matter what is going on around me, 
God has a greater purpose for my life. I don't know what you're facing right now, my friend, but God has a greater purpose than all of that hardship that is going on around you. God has has a greater purpose. God has got plans for you to prosper you and not to harm you, give you a hope and a future. I want to encourage you today that God has got a greater purpose. And when you seem to be in a prison, you can say, yeah, but God is going to turn this round for good. When you seem to be accused of things you haven't done, you can turn around like Joseph and say, yeah, but God has got a greater purpose for my life. And even when all his brothers come in at the end of that whole account there, and he says, you meant this for evil. You sold me as a slave. You lied to my father. You did all this stuff, but God meant it for good. And he's turned it round as it is this day because God has a greater purpose that he wanted to say a whole generation. I get excited about that. You know, I think about all the small little things that perhaps are going wrong or perhaps they're a challenge in my life right now. I can lift up my head, lift up my eyes above the darkness and say, but God has got a greater purpose for my life. And friend, God has got a greater purpose for your life. That's something to celebrate today. I'd like to turn now to 1 Samuel chapter 23 and my next verse is this. And so David stayed in the strongholds in the desert and remained in the mountains of the desert of Zin and Saul sought him every day to kill him. But God did not deliver David into Saul's hand. My second point today, and I want this to really encourage you no matter what's going on in your life, is God has got my back. God has got my back. The Bible even says that the glory of the Lord is our defense behind us. God has got your back. Even though there was this enemy, Saul, who wanted to kill David at this point, and he had to hide in the, in the caves and hide in the deserts, God had his back. It says, but God did not deliver David into the hand of Saul. I reckon every time Saul turned up that God told David everything that was going on. I think that God brought confusion into Saul's camp. I believe that God diverted Saul and did all sorts of things to prevent Saul ever finding David. That's just the most fantastic thing to dwell upon today, that no matter what is going on, God has got my back. I don't need to think about the bad that's going on behind me. I can keep my head fixed straight ahead of me because God has got my back. I can think ahead to all the good things, the vision and the dreams that God has for me. I don't have to be concerned about what my enemy is doing. Why? Because God has got my back. I can keep my head faced into the into all the promises of God, you know, perhaps for my financial situation or for the business that I'm putting my hand to, or um, anything that you're facing right now, you know what? You can look straight ahead and you can know that God has got your back. The third verse that I'd like us to turn to, wow, we go really quickly today, aren't we? But I've got a number to get through is, is this. Psalm 73 verses 25 and 26 says this, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is no one upon the earth that I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My third point today is this, to encourage us with as we get our expectation and and the things we expect and the things we think in line with God's word. The third thing is this, God is far bigger and far greater than me. 
It's good to get that perspective. I know it doesn't really need to be said, but you know what? God is awesome and I am not. God is perfect and I am not. You know, God gets it right every time, even though I may fail. And that's what this psalmist is saying. He said, you know what? Even though I get it wrong, even though I try something and perhaps I fall over, you know what? We all make mistakes. We all get it wrong. We all fail at things. We all try something and it goes wrong. You know what? And that's the time so often that we want to give up and say, well, I'm not doing that again. I'm not stepping out of that boat again. But you know what? Even when we get it wrong, we can stir ourselves up and encourage ourselves and say, yeah, but God is greater than all of this. He's greater than my failure. He's stronger than my, my infirmity. He's greater than what I tried to do and it failed. God is greater than all of that. And but God is bigger and far better than I will ever be. I don't know about you, but I've heard so many people talk about self-confidence and having faith in yourself. But I really want to turn that around today. And I want to have a God confidence and I want to have faith in in Almighty God. Of course we want to be, you know, have a certain amount of self-confidence. Of course we do. But you know what? I'm not dependent upon myself. I'm dependent on a bigger and better God than I will ever be. Even when we fail, even when we get it wrong, but God is the strength of our heart. Perhaps you're facing something at the moment and you're thinking, you know what? I've made a complete pig's ear of this. I've got it completely wrong. I couldn't have made a bigger mess of that situation. You know what? That's the time where God wants to say, it's okay. It's okay. I'm almighty God. I can pick you up. I can dust you off and I can get you going again. You know what? God is bigger and better. God is far greater than anything that we've attempted and failed and think like that's it for my life and my life's over and I can't go on. No friend, God is bigger and better than we will ever be. Come on, even when we get it wrong, Almighty God can come in and pick us up and set us off again in the right direction, strengthen our lives and say, you know what, I'm going to step in and I'm going to turn this around. Like we heard earlier, I'm going to turn this round for good in Jesus name. I hope you're encouraged today because as I went through these verses, I really encouraged myself. I'd like us to turn to Acts chapter 7 for the next point today. Acts chapter 7 verses 9 and 10 says this, and the patriarchs, it says, becoming envious, they sold Joseph into Egypt. This is the Joseph bit again. But God was with him. <laughs> God was with him and delivered him out of all his troubles and gave him favour and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, and he made him the governor over Egypt and all his house. What a fantastic verse, Acts chapter 7. My fourth point today is this, God is with me. God is with me. And God is with you, my friend. Here, everything was going wrong for Joseph. He was sold as a slave. He was sold. He, had, he didn't have anything to his name. He was torn out of his family. He had such a love for his family and such a love for his parents and he was torn away and sold as a slave and everything could have gone wrong. But God was with Joseph. I want to encourage you today. 
This is a Sunday morning unless you've got it on download some other time, but I want to encourage you right here and right now to you know, declare over your own life, God is with me. Right in the middle of every situation, God is with me. In the middle of every giant that we're facing, God is with me. That's why David could uh, slay that incredible giant. He said, because that man doesn't have a covenant. I've got a covenant with Almighty God. God is with me. It's so important to understand that every footstep we take, God is with me. The Bible says he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. The Bible says he will stick with you like glue. The Bible says even if we're faithless, he will remain faithful. You know what? Why? Because he is with us. He will never leave us and he will never forsake us. It doesn't matter what situation we're in, God will not walk away from us. In fact, I seem to have a picture sometimes of even if people do turn around and start to walk away from God, you know, the instant they turn around, they find their nose to nose back with God again. He's followed them every step of the way. God is with you in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the fire. Think of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the middle of the fiery furnace. That's the place, surely, where God's not going to be. But you know what? Everybody around were amazed, the Bible says, that those three, all their bonds were burned off them. Obviously, they weren't in any way affected by the fire. Wasn't even the smell of smoke on them when they came out. But in the middle of the fiery furnace, the fourth man turned up, almighty God, turned up, God was with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego right in the middle of the flames of fire and they were not consumed because God was with them. I want to encourage you today, my friend, you will not be consumed by the fire. You will not be drowned by the flood. Why? Because God is with you. God is with you to love you. God is with you to heal your body. God is um, there in the middle of your financial hardship to be Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, your provider. Perhaps you're about to start a new business. God is with you in your business. Perhaps you're about to go for a new job. God is with you in the interview. You know, perhaps you're just about to step out of your boat and do something by faith that you go, wow, this is a sink or swim moment. God is with you in Jesus' name. Pray, open God's word, spend time with Almighty God, invite him into every situation, of course. Submit yourself to God. Open your heart to be filled by the Spirit of God and to be anointed with fresh oil. We've, you know, we've talked about these things in recent weeks and I want to encourage you today to be strong in the Lord and to know that God is with me every step of the way. I'd like you to turn to Acts chapter 10 as we start to close today, verses 27 to 29. And it says, Speaking with him, the apostle Peter went inside and found a large crowd of people. And he said to them, You know that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with anybody that's not Jewish. But God has shown me that I should not call any man impure or unclean. So when I sent for you, I came without raising any objection. In the middle of that, it says, but God has shown me 
that I should not call any man impure or unclean. But God, I thought this, but God changed my mind. And my fifth point here today is my mind will change for the better. Why? Because God speaks to me and will turn around the way I think and open up whole new possibilities for the way I live my life. See, so often a person is going down a track, he's going down a road like this because it's the way we've always thought. It's the way we've always done life. It's the way we've always prayed or it's the way we've always read the Bible or it's the way we've always done church or it's the way we've always done business or it's the way we've always done the job or it's the way we've always done our finances. It's the way I've always eaten my dinner. It's the way we've always done things. We're creatures of habit. And here Peter is saying, you know what? I'd always done it that way, but God changed my mind. You know, for us to change our minds is absolutely absolutely vital to our growing in God. Now, I'm not, you know, in any way suggesting that we change our conviction on the inside of us, things that God has said to us in the past. But so often it's the mind which restricts us from experiencing something new in God. Perhaps it's our personality. Perhaps it's the way we've been brought up. Perhaps it's our traditions. Perhaps it's something we've always said or we've always done it like this. But I've learned over many, many years that you know what? If we're going to experience something new in God, if, you know, incredible doors of opportunity are going to open before us, so often we need to be changed in the way we think or the way we do life. And here Peter is speaking about something that I thought was, that he thought was absolutely vital. It was like, no, it's against the law. We've always done it this way. We cannot speak. We can't associate with people that aren't Jewish. This is what the law says. This is what he's saying to the group of people. He's saying, you know what? This is the way I've lived my life. This is the way I've always thought. This is the way it is. This is how we do it. This is how it always is. This is how we do it in our family. This is how we do it in the business. This is how we do it. This is how would we ever change? Why would we ever even think about changing? But God came and spoke. But God came and revealed something brand new into the life of Peter, which opened the door to the Gentiles coming to Christ. It's the most amazing transformation for the first nine chapters of the book of Acts. It was only the Jewish people who were coming to Christ. Why? Because they didn't give the gospel to anybody who wasn't a Jewish um, person or going to the synagogues. But all of a sudden, God spoke and changed the mind of Peter. I wonder if there's anything in me or if there's anything in you where God needs to change our minds at this time. So often we can think small thoughts and God wants to open up all this possibility but we always think like this, yeah, but it won't work. Yeah, but I can't do that. Yeah, but it isn't going to happen. Yeah, but somebody else tried that and it didn't work. Yeah, but what about COVID-19? Yeah, but what about the economy has just gone to the, you know, down the toilet? What about all this stuff? What about, what about? And we can think in such a small way or such a just a single-minded sort of wrong way and God wants to say, I want to change your mind. I want to change the way you think. For Peter, it was a vision. I don't know, perhaps it'll be a vision for you or I. Perhaps it'll be a scripture out of God's word. Perhaps it'll be somebody else speaking to us saying, have you ever tried this? Have you ever tried putting your hand to that? Oh yeah, but I couldn't do that. 
Yeah, but God might be revealing something new to you. I believe that in the hardest of times, the greatest creativity can come out of a person. We see that through history. When the pressure's on, that people start to invent new things. When everything's going wrong, it's as if people are creative and it's as if they think in a whole new way. And I want to encourage you today that we are in touch with Almighty God. And the Bible says that His thoughts can be our thoughts. Ah, but Pastor Jay, the Bible says, even though his thoughts are way higher than our thoughts and and everything he does is so much higher than our ways. Yeah, but the Bible carries on in that verse and says, yeah, but as the rain comes down, as God's word comes down and doesn't return, his word comes down into our hearts. And you know what? We can have access to the way God thinks. We can have access to God's ways and God's thoughts by the Spirit of God and by God's Word that is on the inside of us. I want to encourage us today to step out of small-mindedness. I've been through four, five, six scriptures that say, but God. Oh, but Pastor Jay, it's all going wrong. But God. Yeah, but I'm concerned about what might happen. No, but God has got your back. But God is going to open up doors of favour for you. But God, I want you to be encouraged today to believe in a God who will do far abundantly above all you can ask or imagine according to the power of how we think, the things I believe, and our expectation on the inside of us. I believe faith has stirred today. I believe expectation has stirred today. And I'm going to encourage us all to be spending time in prayer with Almighty God, saying, God, will you speak to me? Is there anything where I need to change the way I think? Have I been putting you in a box? Have I been restricting you in in how you can work in me and through me by the way I've been thinking? Well, God, today I take the limits off of the way I think. I take the... I take the boundaries off that restrict the way I think in order for me to think the thoughts of Almighty God. Father, I thank you today that you're going to open doors which no one can shut. In fact, some of those doors are already open. And God is saying, come on, expect greater things and think greater things and step through the doors that I have for you. In fact, I want us to pray right now. You know, before we enter into a time of prayer to receive Jesus as Lord, I want us to pray right now. Father God, we open our hearts to you again. Spirit of God, we thank you that you reveal the truth of God's word in us and through us. And Lord God, forgive us for ever restricting you. Forgive us for ever being somebody who says, yeah, but this and that goes wrong and this goes wrong. Lord, we want to say, yeah, but God is going to show himself strong on our behalf. Father, we thank you today. Lord, that you're speaking to us. Lord, you're stretching us. Lord, you're enlarging, Lord, our lives. Lord, to think greater thoughts. Lord, where we've, Lord, accepted the status quo. Lord, we say, but God is able to break through. Father, if we've restricted you in our expectation, we say, yeah, but God is going to turn this around. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for taking us from strength to strength and from glory to glory. And we thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Friend, I want to ask you today, have you ever received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour? We've done a lot of talking today about thinking big and about expecting big. But you know what? It's not just about being big thinking or big minded. Um, all this starts really, the first step is to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour of your own life. Because it's not just our big thoughts we're thinking about. We're thinking about what God thinks and what God does and how God works and what God says. And to have access to God's thoughts and God's mind. You know what the Bible says? We need to be a member of his family. Somebody asked the Lord Jesus once and said, how can I you know, end up in heaven? How can I go to heaven? How can I enter the kingdom of heaven? And you know, Jesus said this. He said, you must be born again. And that's an expression that's been in the Bible now for 2,000 years. It's having a brand new start. It's receiving Jesus Christ as Lord and Saviour on a personal level. For me, that was October the 8th, 1984. I was at the Fairfield Halls in Croydon and I'd been asked to go to a service and I didn't really want to be there. I'd been raised in a religious type of an upbringing, but I certainly had no time for God. I don't think I really believed in God. But you know what? That night I said, God, if you're real, I need to know. I need to know if you love me, if this is real, if you've got a plan for my life. And, and friend, if you pray that sort of a prayer, God is going to respond. You know, the Bible says he stands at the door and he knocks the door of our heart. And he says, if you open the door, I'm going to come in and I'm going to become a part of your life. And, and friend, there's a, a little expression in the Bible, Heavenly Father. It's often how we pray, Father God. And you know what? God has a desire to be your Heavenly Father that you're in his family, that you have a relationship with God. Christianity is not a religion where we just all pile in and out of church. It's a relationship with the God who created you for good. So friend, I'm gonna ask you to pray a prayer with me now. Perhaps this is the first time you've ever prayed a prayer like this, or perhaps you're a Christian as, you know, perhaps earlier on in your life and it's all gone, you know, cold and, and uh, slipped away as the pressures of life have come in. But friend, I'm going to ask you to give your life to Jesus Christ, for Him to be your Lord, your Saviour and your friend, to live for Him, to live in a relationship with the God who created you. I'm going to ask you to say the line after I say the line and it's a prayer to receive Jesus as Lord. Why don't you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you've demonstrated your love through sending your son to die on the cross to give me life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. I receive you into my life as my Lord and my Saviour and my friend. I turn away from the way I've lived apart from you. And by the help of your grace and your power, I will never be the same again. Thank you for giving me eternal life. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer, I believe you're now a Christian. The Bible says Jesus is your Lord because you declare him to be your Lord and you believe something in your heart. So you've just transferred, the Bible says, out of darkness and into light. And of course, there's going to be some other steps. We're going to encourage you to get a Bible, to read a Bible, to be involved in a church somewhere. Thousands of great churches around the world. But if you're close to Citygate, we'd love you to hook up with Citygate Church. But friend, you know what? As we go through this week, I want you to remind yourself on a daily basis but God, in every circumstance, yeah, but God's going to show himself strong. Yeah, but God is going to break through. God, bless you as you go through this week and do everything you can to help make other people's lives great. I'll see you next week.